0: now it's time for kit corner where we shine a spotlight on artists who've created products with the film and television industry in mind products designed by artists for artists hi stephanie hi jamie lee thanks for having me hey you're welcome so you are a professional makeup artist and you have developed the product hands down the best hand refresher can you tell me about hands down and why you created it
1: Yes, i love to. I've been creating Hands Down Hand Refresher for myself for about eight years because of course all of us makeup artists are so tired of having cracked and dry fingers and hands after we work because we're constantly Sanitizing and making sure you know while we're working, the clients know that we're clean. I was sick and tired of all the other hand sanitizers. You know, I've been reading up on them and looking into their ingredients. I'm like, why do they have all the silicone fillers and thickening agents? Da 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 da. So I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna make my own stuff so I know exactly what's going in it. So I formulated my own amazing hand sanitizer slash refresher, as I call it. I want all my friends and colleagues. To to have fresh, you know, healthy hands. I'm getting up there and I, my hands look like I'm 150. So I'm like, you know, I just wanna take care of my skin with something that's hydrating, moisturizing, smells great and is healing and healthy for your hands. Yeah,
0: that makes total sense. Cause also, I mean, your hands are in front of whoever you're working on as well. So Correct. your hands are always on display. So they've gotta be well looked after. Yeah. So what makes Hands Down stand out from other hand sanitizer sprays?
1: Hands Down stands out because I hand make them all myself and nothing's manufactured. There's no fillers, there's no synthetic thickening agents. Everything is pure, organic, clean, except of course for the alcohol. It's made with 99% aloe and the best um, essential oils from Paris and leaves your hands soft, hydrated and refreshed. That's so cool. What delicious scents does Hands Down coming. Hands down comes in lavender and lemongrass right now. I'm working on a few more scents and they come in four ounce bottles. We're going to be having the two ounce bottles as well. So you will be able to carry them in your set bag or your purse or travel bag. And I'm also going to be creating a room spray, which could be used in the makeup trailers or rooms as well as your house. So yeah, we're working on some new stuff. We just started and I'm very excited. So stay tuned.
0: That's awesome. I love being able to spray stuff in the trailer, you know, just freshen it up. It's nice. Yes. And then people walk in and they're just like, oh, God, it smells so good in here. And you're like, yep, sure does.
1: Yes, right. (laughs) Well, that's with this stuff. I've been making it for almost eight years and everybody has always walks into my room and they're like, God, it just smells so good in here. You know, my clients love it. And it just creates this spa-like atmosphere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Sounds good. Hey, now where can people
1: find Hands Down? You can find Hands Down Hand Refresher on Instagram at Hands Down Hand Refresher or online at www.handsdownhandrefresher.com. We also have an exclusive offer for the Last Looks podcast listeners. Buy one, get one free. And you can contact us on our website and let us know that you were listening to the Last Looks podcast and we'll be happy to send you a bottle for free. So we're excited about that. That's so cool. Brilliant, Stephanie. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Today, I'm speaking with Stacey Cuts, barber extraordinaire. Stacey has worked with some incredibly cool cast and worked on some amazing projects. She shares her career journey and we chat about what it takes to stand out above the rest.
2: Pictures up. Last looks. Rolling.
0: And action. Hi, Stacey. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? good (laughs) hey so I would like to um start with you finishing a sentence for me okay 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 (laughs) once upon a time there was a little girl named Stacy and when she grew up she wanted to be a veterinarian (laughs) Aha! (laughs) interesting Mm -hmm. so how do we move from being a vet to being a
2: hairstylist I think my whole life has been kind of serendipitous in the sense that I've been put in certain places and positions and had access to uh, certain resources that allowed me to just explore them. And those explorations just took me in different directions. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to be a vet.
0: Did you have a lot of pets growing up?
2: Yes, always. <laughs> yes. My parents, you know, they were pretty over it, but they supported <laughs> what I was in love with. Of course. Um, my whole high school career was geared towards, you know, getting set up to be accepted at a predominant school for what I wanted to do. And when I finished high school, I was like, I don't want to go through all that school. And I was actually already kind of engaged in hair, you -hmm. know, and at the time, of course, being young, you're like money right now. You know, yeah. immediate money. I'm making money, okay. You know, so mm-hmm. I kinda it took me in a different direction and I bargained with my parents who were not happy that I was <laughs> not gonna continue yeah. with school. I did uh, two years and then well that was the bargain. They said, Well do two years and if you decide at that time that you wanna do something else then we'll allow you to have that freedom. Yeah. And so I did the whole two years oh, with wow. my mind set on let me just get this done so I can go live my life. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you, you,
0: you'd made your decision. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, my goodness. So when you say that you were already
2: kind of doing some hair stuff, how did that come about? Well, I started doing hair uh, when I was about 12. Oh, wow. So, yeah. You know, that was like, I would say about 81 or so, mm-hmm. you know, and I had brothers. I grew up with brothers you know, and I was barbering and I started doing them. My mother would cut their hair and if she messed it up, she would just cut it all one level, you know, neat yeah. and send them out the door. And I looked at that and it was intriguing to me, just the artistry of it. And it, it it's just fun. its It has a gratifying thing when you cut hair, you know, and you cut it off and you change it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do it and I was like, well, if I mess up, I can just do what she does and just run a <laughs> clipper over at one length and no one will be mad at me, you know. Yeah, you didn't have yeah. that
0: fear of messing up. You're like, I'm just going to try this and see what happens.
2: Yeah, and so just I started experimenting with their hair. And at the time, you know, styles were getting, they were changing and getting really innovative and, you know, they were a bunch of different, Looks And people were trying different things back then. Um, If you look at the hip hop era, you know, rap music had just came out and people had a new type of expression, you know, Mm -hmm. and they were expressing themselves through whether it was through their makeup, you know, Boy George or through their Mm -hmm. through their hairstyles or through their clothing, you know. So it was like there were no boundaries so we could try and and do anything. And I kind of got whisked into that and my my brothers would go to school with these different haircuts and people would be like oh who cut your hair oh your sister oh can she cut my hair you know ah, before awesome. you knew it <laughs> yeah it was yeah. like it just spread like a brush fryer I was I had clients at 12 years old
0: <laughs> oh my goodness and they must have been so happy that their little sisters like cutting their hair that's awesome
2: right and I was you know I was a little more gracious than my mother was you know <laughs> my mother would try to do something and if it didn't work just cut it off and with them they'd be be like oh try this or can you do that and we'd actually try it so it was a little bit more fun for them to have me try to do their hair and that's how that all started that's cool
0: so then Mm -hmm. when you when you've done your two years of studying that you needed to do to keep your folks happy um Mm -hmm. what did you step into after that like did you go and do formal training or anything like that or well it's kind of
2: interesting because by the time that two years was over Hmm. I literally had a revolving clientele. I obviously wasn't working in a salon or anything like that. It was kind of like a little underground situation. You know, I would mm-hmm. cut hair wherever I could cut hair, someone's house, out the kitchen, the living room, wherever. But I had a pretty predominant Uh, clientele. And because my biological father, as well as my stepfather who raised me and my mother were all in the entertainment industry. So my life and our homes were frequented by celebrities, you know, in Mm -hmm. the music industry. And that's, you know, what happened. Like I'd start doing people that were known, you know, performers and artists. And I literally had a celebrity clientele straight out of high school.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. so awesome. So what happens from there? You finish your studying, then you've already got this full clientele. When do you start doing film work?
2: Well, it was it was years after that. I was mm-hmm. doing that. The basis of my clientele was mostly musicians. Yeah. And so I was doing a lot of, you know, performances and videos and I was touring around the world with these different artists and eventually at some point it leaked into like, film and television and I was having, you know, actors and and different people like that asking could I do the hair and I was doing the hair. I'd like do the hair before they went to set or sometimes they'd sneak me in their trailer and you know <laughs> doing different things like that. Um yeah. I don't know if you remember uh, the artist kid and play Yes of
0: course they did
2: Yeah so I spearheaded that <laughs> high top fade and That's amazing. Just let not appreciate that for a little yeah, moment because that is yeah. very very cool. <laughs> Thank you. And then when he <laughs> changed that and turned it into the dreads or twists that he wore I did that. And I actually worked on those movies House Party but House Party. I, I wasn't I wasn't licensed I wasn't in the union. I didn't even know what that was. You know yeah. what I mean? And it, it was kind of, it was a little looser back then. You know, these guys were uh, star requesting me. Mm-hmm. And so I was working on these productions. And eventually, you know, the union was like, um, Are you going to become a member? <laughs> you know, and it was like, well, What is that? <laughs> You're like, What does that mean? Yeah. And yeah. I'm <laughs> like, Well, what does that entail? And when I saw the guidelines, oh, you have to have your cosmetology license and you have to do this and you have to do that. I said, okay, well, let me, you know, go to school. And I tried to go to school several times and every time I would enroll mm. and pay my money, I forget what it was back then, maybe five, $7,000, something would take me away and I wouldn't finish. I yeah. like, I'd literally be asked to go on tour in Europe, you yeah. know, and, and you're like, I can't be- give that up. <laughs> Yeah. And it was an age thing too. Oh, fun, you know, money now, you know, and I didn't even completely understand the benefit of being in the union, Mm. you know, so it kind of took a back seat, but eventually I got that complete and, um, you know, finally joined the union. Um, I was working with Eddie Murphy, I believe since I was like 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's amazing yeah so I had a lot of people wish they were in that position they've done everything right they have their license and they don't have that opening to get in I had it all in front of me and I just was like for what (laughs) you know (laughs) you're like but I'm doing okay what do I need that for (laughs) right
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I imagine once you got in that must have opened things up more for you right in that industry anyway
2: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was a lot of weight off of my shoulders. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it did get to a point where it was like, well, she can't be in the trailer and you got to, you know, she has to do your hair over here and you know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. pressure it was lifted, you know? And then when I really got into it, Oh, Oh, I have insurance benefits and I'm working on a, a pension and yeah. oh, okay. You know, then I, Understood it. (laughs) That's awesome. So, do you remember what your first
0: like full time gig was when you were in the union? Oh, let me see.
2: It had to be feels like a century ago. (laughs) Um, I believe I got in the union. After Eddie did Nutty Professor. Okay. I believe I, I did my hours on that. So, whatever oh, cool. his film was after that, because at the time he was doing back to back films. Oh, You know, maybe so, Dr. Doolittle, maybe? Yeah, it might be somewhere around then. Yeah. And then I finally joined the union. I wasn't, I was on a waiver for uh, Nutty Professor. Okay. No. I'm sorry life for life it was life so whatever oh, came okay. after life yeah okay. when I did life I was working on a on i had a waiver and I worked that film and Got my days, and then I joined shortly after that.
0: So, how was that working? Were you so you were getting them right like before you were in the union? You were getting them ready, and then kind of having to just pass over to somebody else to look after them throughout the day.
2: Was that a little yeah. nerve-wracking at times? You kind of like, ooh. Uh, not necessarily because I wasn't fully engaged in understanding the whole film and television you know, thing. And so it was okay for me. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. I would stay on set. I would just stay because most times I was a personal, so I would stay in their trailer. You understand? I wouldn't be in the hair and makeup trail. I wouldn't be on set because of the insurance and liabilities and things like that. But they would sometimes have me, you know, standing by. And then, you know, when I did life and I was on a waiver, It felt wonderful to be able to, Mm. like, be a part of the production, you know? Yeah. See how it all
0: works on the inside while they're shooting, and that's very cool. Exactly. Yeah. So it's so amazing, all the stuff that you worked on before you were in the union. Like, you did Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You yep. did Independence Day, Martin, yes. Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's the, amazing. The union
2: knew of me well. <laughs> <laughs> they knew <of> me well. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure. forget when I went in to finally, you know, pay my initiation mm. uh, to join, uh, they said, you know, we thought – that you weren't a real person, like production was wait, making up this name, Stacey Morris, to get <laughs> a extra check on production because they kept offering me to join. And I was like, eh, nah, I'm okay, you know, yeah. but for years, <laughs> yeah, I was busy working and for years I knew, well, I had to get a cosmetology license, like even today... You know, barbering, a barber's license, you you don't join the union under hair. With a barber's license, you have to have a cosmetology license, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I did that because there's a lot of things that uh, come with that. And then I wouldn't have thought that they would be utilized now, but – you know, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I'm guessing, did you have to change your skills a little for the cosmetology license, just to add different hair skills that you maybe hadn't done before, or you?
2: No, not not actually, because it's interesting. Like I told you, I started cutting hair on my brothers, and that was like cutting, like barbering. Yeah, but I've, I've always had the skill of being able to do hair, always, mm. and I kind of had the training every summer. I would work in a salon, Oh, cool! a full on salon in New York. I was an assistant, but as you know, in some of the salons, the assistant does everything up until the styling or the haircut, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I was lucky enough to be uh, trained in working under someone that was so amazing and so proficient and was teaching me all the proper ways to do everything. When I actually went to cosmetology school, I was so bored <laughs> it was literally everything I knew already, everything I had been doing already, you know, it was just a matter of putting the hours in and going and passing my test. You yeah. Know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I'm glad you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are too. Um, yeah. I just have to say that being a teenager at the time when, because I'm from New Zealand. Okay. We had three TV channels, one, two, three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And I loved watching the Fresh Prince and Martin. Right. Yeah. Fresh Prince was on like every day, like an early evening kind of show. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then Martin was playing at like 1030 at night for a while. And wow, uh, I just love those shows. Yeah. Yeah, those those So much
2: fun. Yeah. Those were so much fun. And they're definitely milestones of my career. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: that's very cool.
2: And still have relationships and, and work with those guys to this day. So it's amazing how much time has passed by, you know. Yeah, and they're yeah. still still going
0: for it. Everyone's yep. doing well. It's awesome. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> same with Eddie Murphy. Actually, I grew up. I probably, I mean, I don't even understand why my mum was letting me watch, um, like, Raw and Delirious and I say the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing. And just grew up loving Eddie Murphy. And I remember we had um, Beverly Hills Cop on VHS, and I. S- Meh. Like, I just played it over and over again. I just loved it so much.
2: Yeah, it's a trip for me to end up, you know, working with him. And, of course, when you're young, like mm. we were, you know, he's like a grown person. You never would imagine, you know what I'm saying? But as you get older, the kind of age gets closer and closer together. I'd, you know, we would sneak and watch him, you know, and yeah. I never imagined in a million years I'd end up working for him at, at 18. Yeah, and have such a long working relationship, too. That's awesome. (laughs) Right. Yeah, amazing. And back then, you know, a woman doing a man's hair was, you know, it had a little thing, a little undertone to it. And I kind of broke through all of that stuff. And that's a funny story with our relationship because he was like, no way. And I actually did his hair on a bet. And have been doing his hair ever since. <laughs> what do you
0: mean on a bet? Well, so well, he was no way. I'm not letting a chick do my hair. Or <laughs> he
2: was. He said no way, not in a million years. <laughs> and a friend of mine, who at the time was dating him, said, "I'm telling you, you gotta, you gotta let her do your hair. Like she's mm-hmm. just, she's special." And he, he, he was not for it. And yeah. one night. he needed a haircut and she was teasing him and she said, well, what are you going to lose? And he said, okay. And she was like, I bet you if she cuts your hair, you're never going to turn back. And he said, okay, tell her to come up here, tell her to Ah. come cut my hair and I'm going to pay her $500. And I was over the moon, you know, I was like (laughs) like, $500. (laughs) Yeah, I'm there. And I cut his
0: hair and I've been cutting his hair ever since. <laughs> See, at the time when that happened, you probably would have been happy just for the 500 and walk away and never exactly. like, play the game. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> awesome. So when you're working on something like the Nutty Professor and mm-hmm. he is playing, oh, how many characters? Like six or seven yeah. or something?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so were you doing the wigs and
2: everything for all of those looks for him Um, uh, most of those I did consult and was involved in a process but most of that stuff is prosthetics and they handle everything right you know what I'm saying but we would talk about it and they would create it and obviously do it and then I would deal with him when he was playing himself yeah you know and he for, for whatever reason he'd come to me what do you think about this or what do you think about that you know what I'm saying and I'd give my my input and they would take it from there. And that's progressed too. That's changed. You know, we just did uh coming to America mm-hmm. and uh, I got to work with uh, Mike Marino and I was, I was pretty involved in the, in the process. And it, it was interesting because it showed how I've progressed and how my career and my input has progressed when it comes to those types of things with the prosthetics and the hair and you know all of that
0: and just knowing how it all works so you have a bit more input to
2: oh, be able yeah, to I have, yeah man if you look from <laughs> nutty professor to now my knowledge is immeasurable you know yeah
0: mm-hmm. and how have you how have you done that is that just through experience and watching other people that you're working with and picking up tricks and stuff like that or
2: yeah absolutely I'm like the master observer and if I can see it I can do it and if I can't see it I figure out a way to create it you know and so being able and having access and being able to be in a room for stuff like that is like priceless to me you know and so just over the years watching learning observing putting my hands on it doing it trying it all of those things contribute to knowing what i'm doing
0: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm.
2: when's coming to
0: america coming out like that's you guys have shot that and it's (coughs) due to come out in the next year or something that is supposed to come out december oh cool awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah how was that for how was that for him going
2: back to that character Um did he have fun? I believe he had fun. Yeah. It was a little hard. We didn't shoot in town. Okay. It's always it can be tricky. He's pretty much yeah, a creature of habit and he likes his comfort zone. So being uprooted and taken to Atlanta in the middle of the hot summer (laughs) wasn't so fun.
0: And then for anybody.
2: Yeah. And then there were a lot of prosthetic makeups and a lot of characters and things like that. You know, some of those makeups took eight hours, you know, and you shoot for two or three and then the process of taking everything down, mm. you know, but once he's in it and doing it, I think yeah. is when he finds pleasure in it.
0: Yeah. And it must mm-hmm. be good for him to have someone like you there that is a, you know, a stable person throughout his life that he's just got that person to bounce off and yeah have there like especially when you do personal work and stuff like that as well I'm sure being that person for your actor is it's pretty important
2: oh yeah you become you become more than just you know their stylist or makeup artist or hair person you know it's a support team it gives them a sense of you know, their surroundings so that they can go perform, you know, and that was definitely evident on this one. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's he's pretty loyal. Most of his people that are with him have been with him for 20 plus years, you know, and yeah. it, it speaks volumes.
0: That's awesome. So, you, what are you on Sons of Anarchy and Roots? And you've been all over the place, lady. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I noticed on your IMDb that it had a credit in Roots for hair special effects. What, yeah. what did that mean in that particular case?
2: Well, that was interesting. They had shot that series, mm-hmm. and I believe they had a break in production. And the actor went back to I believe he lived in London. He went back to London and he got another job and he cut his hair. And then they said, OK, we're, we're back. And his hair was completely different than what they had shot. Yeah. And they searched around trying to figure out how can we match what we've already done. Now, Mm -hmm. his hair was cut off low, but in the production, I don't know if you've seen it, he had some kind of natural, just knotty, you know, kind of hair. Of course, the movie is based around slavery, you know, (laughs) and so they were like, how do we achieve this look? I hear that they had gone through a couple of people and they were trying to come up with wigs and I don't know how they uh, got my name, but they called me and they said, we need to recreate this hair. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Okay. And I had no idea how I was going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I sat and I figured it out. And I literally loose laid that hair on his head and we did it every day for the rest of the production in the beginning it literally took us we did I did a camera test myself and Mm -hmm. then they they wanted to do a camera test they like flew here and we did a camera test and they were like okay this will work and then I perfected it you know it's it's happy accidents like in the process you learn oh well we can cut to to cut this out and we can do this and we can do that and to get it to here. And I literally figured out how to do it. And in the beginning it took eight hours to loose lay that hair for it Mm -hmm. to look because it's different when you're creating something from scratch opposed to it has to match exactly, you know? And, And by the time it was said and done, we had the process during the shooting week down to two hours. And I had to have an assistant. I had to have an assistant, yeah, and they flew us to New Orleans and we finished the production there, which was another hot, swampy, (laughs) mosquito-ridden production. So
0: you're just needing to stay on top of that. So just to be clear for anyone not understanding the loose laying, it's pretty much hand laying the hair onto the head, right? So every time you do it, you get to the end of the day, you have to clean all that off. Right. And the next day, start again.
2: Right. And exactly. match
0: continuity. So exactly. that's the task within itself. It's not just yeah. sticking on a. A wig or a piece right. or something like
2: that. Wow. And we visited that idea trying to think, but it just, it it wasn't going to work. There was no way to create a wig that would look authentic and match what was already done. It it had to be done by hand, you know, and I would lay the whole head and then I would meticulously, you know, lay his hairline and the bits, you know, around his neck and things like that. Mm.
0: So was were you letting his hair grow out underneath that or would that make it too difficult to then glue onto a as we coat?
2: As we were shooting, we said we're not going to cut, we're just going to alter as we go, mm-hmm. you know, according to how his hair grows and how it changes what we're doing. The hair growing, of course, helped, but it never yeah. grew out to what we needed to be, no. but it helped. Yeah, I would spend every night, Cause this was done like so last minute, so I'd spend every night making those little you know, knotty balls on mm. in all different sizes and putting them into containers. And the way that I learned to make them look so real was when I did the test and then we were finished, I had the guy and I said, okay, let's take it off. I took it off, you know, I loosened it. I washed his hair and to prevent them from going down the sink, you know, I blocked the sink and collected all of these pieces. And then I just um. put them on a towel and they dried And the next day I said, wow, just the moisture of the water Uh made it fray and it looked natural. Uh So I was like, that's what we got to do. Because when I roll them up and they were so, so tight, it just looked so contrived and so made. So I would literally make them. Me and um, Comrade Hilton, we got together and we're rolling hair, rolling hair, rolling hair. And then Mm -hmm. we'd spread it all out and spray it with water. And let it fray and dry,
0: <laughs> right? Just so it's not yeah. so polished and done and styled. Exactly. Style. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Awesome. I love those happy accidents of kind of working
2: that stuff out.
0: And <laughs> right. thank goodness you have the you had that moment to actually do a test to
2: figure stuff like that out. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those tests are so important. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's funny because I feel like the the testing times are just getting smaller and smaller and disappearing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Name. We
2: need it. Come on. <laughs> We're flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And
0: um, now, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but was um, Dolomite is my name? Your first having a go at department heading with Carla Farmer?
2: Um, I department headed a smaller show, but it was a TV show. But okay. yeah, it's, it's, as far as a film, I, you know, it's funny because being a personal. And when like Eddie Murphy depends so much on his people in all different areas, I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm not a hair person when I'm working with him. I have so many job titles. You're involved in department heading, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But I've never wanted the title or the responsibility, although I've been in it so long that I know how to department head, you know, and for these, this project He actually asked us if we, if me and uh, Vera Steinberg, who's his makeup artist, if we would department head. And I said, well, how do you tell him no? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But also, I mean, thank goodness you're in that kind of situation. I'm sure it was helpful to do the co-department head thing because at the same time, he's obviously needing a lot of your attention. So to have somebody else there to kind of you know, pick up each other's slack or whatever, you know, bits and pieces like that must have been really helpful. I think yeah. co-department heading sometimes is is pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, I thought it was so important to co-department head because on that movie it was so big and we had so many background and so many artists and so many different – the whole movie was wigs, you know. Yeah. And I said for one person, I mean, I would just be half dead by the time that film was over. You know, mm-hmm. if we didn't have each other and then like you said, you know, I'm attending to him and you know, I just didn't want anything overlooked and I'm so meticulous and he's so meticulous. Yeah. You know, and this project for him was a passion project. He had he's been wanting to make this project for like fifteen years, you know. <laughs> so I was like, We have to do this this way. Yeah. And we and we went on to do um coming to America the same way. We had a really big cast. You know, and it can be done, but it's a lot of work for one person. Oh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
0: it is. I have to say, thank goodness he finally got it made because it was mm. awesome.
2: Yeah, and we did it in the nick <laughs> of time.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was, um, I have to say, uh, being a Eddie Murphy fan, it was nice to see him doing a, a real grown-up movie. Like, cause he right. did a lot of kids, you know, family friendly wow. films for a while. And I was like, oh right. yeah, these are great, but I want that, the guy that swears, like he's amazing. Right,
2: right. <laughs> and he's still that like, guy. Yeah. In my yeah. own
0: selfish little way, I would, I'd i been waiting for that to, to come, come through, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> waiting for that to come back. It was so good. You guys did a great job. I really enjoyed thank watching you, thank it. Thank you. That's Thank awesome. you. Um, so I imagine you still have a clientele that mm-hmm. you are doing on the side as well
2: as film work. Is that right? Yeah. I've always maintained, you know, regular clienteles. And then, you know, even in the industry, I have a bunch of my celebrities that I do on a personal level. And mm-hmm. I've always done that. Not that I need to, per se, you know, for financial reasons, but for mm-hmm. me – that's where I came from. You yeah. know, it's like the grassroots and we in film and television, we create these looks and we put them on TV and it becomes the in thing or the trending thing, but it really comes from the real people, you know, yeah. the regular people. And so mm-hmm. for me to stay abreast and, and to stay proficient and practice and experiment, I have to stay in that, you know, that's yeah. just my thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was going to ask you for hairstylists that are in the film and television industry. I've come across a few that really their strength is not with men's grooming or haircutting. Right. And they're always kind of, I guess, wondering how they can strengthen that up. And I'm always just like, man, you need to get a Saturday job at a barbershop or something. Like, Because <laughs> I always just thought, like I worked for years in salon and stuff like that, and it's the repetitive nature of doing the work that then I think you, you build that skill level and confidence of just... Right. You know, doing haircut after haircut, kind of getting in there. What what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? How people can strengthen that? I mean,
2: that is it. You just said it. Like honing your craft, working on it over and over and over. Practice makes perfect. That's like... a a typical saying, but it's, it's so true, Mm. you know, and I believe, you know, that's how I got where I am just doing it repetitive. And um, I've said this before, Will, you know, he's so uh, prophetic. (laughs) He said Mm -hmm. something that has stuck with me and Mm -hmm. it's that talent you have naturally, but Mm -hmm. skill is only developed by hours and hours of beating on your craft. Yeah. You know? Yeah. (laughs) it is very very true and yeah yeah,
0: I always feel a little I don't know I don't know if I feel sorry or sad for people who haven't they've kind of done cosmetology school and then kind of somehow just boom they're in the union and they're doing stuff and it's just like (laughs) uh, whoa okay um (laughs) you know and you see them struggle with just sometimes what i would consider something reasonably simple with hairstyling but if they haven't as you say you know like done it over and over again it just that that strength isn't there you know there's courses and workshops and things for barbering Mm -hmm. and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but i guess at the Mm -hmm. end of the day it's up to them right to follow through to actually go out and do it yeah
2: absolutely after they
0: see how it's done like put it into action
2: you have to execute
0: (laughs) yeah Exactly. Also, for barbers getting into film work, what are what are some words of wisdom? Do you feel like they should broaden their skill
2: set as far as hairstyling goes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm the perfect example of that. You know, I'm I, I I'm specialized in barbering, mm-hmm. but I've explored everything. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I kind of believe. If you just stay in one position and do the same thing, that's as far as you're going to go. You know, and yeah. you have to step out of your comfort zone and that's where the creativity comes in, you know. Yeah. And so I try everything. I, I even want to learn how to do a little bit of makeup just to know how to do it. You know, all of those mm-hmm. things are just fun to me. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that
0: would have been fun watching Mike with coming to America with all the prosthetics and all that type of stuff.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I feel so blessed and honored to be able to, in my career, I've, you know, sat with Rick Baker and... You know many other people, and Mike now is—that's amazing to just be in the room. You know, from start to finish, from casting to you know developing those the the prosthetic pieces and the application, and just watching it right before your eyes just come to life is amazing. Yeah, that's very cool. What do you think has helped you stand out
0: in your profession?
2: Um, I think it's my consistency. You know, in the industry. if I was to think about that, I would have to talk about what I hear other people say. And it's mm-hmm. just my body of work. You know, mm-hmm. I've done so many things for so long and been so predominant in what I do for so long. So, yeah, my body of work, you know, I've done everything
0: (laughs) yeah and I'm at your IMDb I'm just like yeah as I see it this girl gets around she's done all sorts of stuff
2: like it's amazing (laughs) it was exciting to do because I've done live tv but it was exciting to go and have that experience with Eddie doing SNL oh my gosh oh man that was yeah that was amazing. So how did that work? That's a whole nother avenue that is a whole nother beast and machine within itself. But just being able to be there and see how it works and see the people work and have so much respect for them, they do that every week, you know, and it's, it's it moves fast. It's mm. live, It's for real life, like seconds. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing, amazing. And then, you know, I grew up. Watching him sneaking at night, watching him on TV, and it was like, wow, I'm in the building. And to see him walk through there, and there were people who were still there that worked and were like, hey, how are you? Like, from when he was basically a kid working on the show, you know? Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's a piece of history yeah. right there. It's incredible. Yep. Only thing I haven't done yet is theater.
0: Yeah. Well, who knows? <laughs> I'm sure there's time. You're a busy lady. You can you can put it in somewhere. <laughs> Maybe yep. he can do a live a live piece.
2: Yeah, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> Hopefully I hear, I hear he's doing a stand-up show. That might oh, be interesting. Cool.
0: Yeah. Everyone will love it. Tell him it's a good idea. yeah <laughs> But I was just going to ask you, what's the best single piece of advice you've been given as you've been coming up in your career? Um, Something that's really stuck with you. If
2: you're part of the process, you're making progress, you know. So put yourself in those positions, be a part of it in some way, somehow, and being a part of the process, you're making progress towards Whatever it is that you're trying to achieve or be or become or learn, you know, so just being a part of the process. And that's basically how I've pretty much gotten to where I am, just being a part of the process, no matter how little or how big it all adds up
0: yeah I guess and just welcoming that collaboration right instead of going no no I can do everything myself thank you very much it's welcome.
2: <laughs> yeah well you yeah, those people exist
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: they do <laughs> that's so not me <laughs> no. I can, I can
0: hear that already with what, what you've been talking about you really love to get in there and work as a team and learn from others and yeah just open and I think that's yeah, awesome.
2: yeah. it's essential absolutely
0: so what have there been any new skills that you've
2: been working on learning lately um not so much learning but just uh, perfecting a lot of times mm-hmm. you know I have if I'm doing characters I have to do some facial, stuff you know if I'm doing someone personal they want me to do it just you know learning that stuff um there's a lot of in the outside of the tv world as far as styles go now there's a lot of different styles happening with the comb overs and you know people are blowing hair out and using hot tools and putting these you know innovative, you know, hair ridges and different things in the hair and just trying to learn all that stuff. You know, I don't know if I would use it, you know, on a weekly or daily basis or even at work, but just knowing how to create that stuff, it looks cool. You know, when I see something that looks cool, I want to know how to do it. (laughs) Absolutely. All of that sounds amazing. Yeah, well, I spend a lot of time surfing around on Instagram like, wow, look at this, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So
0: when you're doing stuff like Dolomite is My Name or just anything, what are some of your favorite
2: sources for, like, research? I mean, as you know, it just depends on what you're doing. Like on Dolomite, um, you know, that was a period – Film, So a lot of the research, I mean, I was kind of around during that time. I don't know if I was paying attention to hair, but, you know, I have aunts and uncles and my mother and that were in that period picking their brains, looking at their photo albums, you know, going to the library, searching around the Internet, you know, just looking Mm -hmm. at real authentic pictures and trying to imitate and emulate the looks from that period you know, but it, it just depends on on what you're doing, what the project is. The beauty of uh, coming to America is it's fictional. You know, mm. even though it, it a lot of it was Africa, it was fictional. So we had the freedom to kind of create. New stuff, new looks like they didn't have to be indigenous of something that really existed, you know, but we did use some of the African hairstyles and stuff as inspiration and just got creative. And it's now, you know, that film is now it's current. And now things are so, you know, innovative and different and new that we got to kind of put in like uh, afro punk type of look and you know what i'm saying so we it was cool we had the, we had we had a lot of freedoms and we had a lot of fun but then with that you can't just go buy that stuff we had to make all that stuff Mm -hmm.
0: you're (laughs) building stuff from scratch that's so cool that you can just have i mean every job is different but i think it's it's so much fun when you get that one that you just have so much creative freedom and you can just kind of get in there and I don't know. It's like art class. You're like art and crafts. Let's go. Let's glue this to that and let's make this shape. And let's. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the so beauty cool. of art. There
2: are no boundaries, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's very cool. So when you're putting a team together, like the times that you have headed departments, what are you looking for
2: in your team members? For one, for me, I'm looking for someone, who is attentive. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone Who works with order and precision and is meticulous, you know, because I'm like that. So I don't wanna be I don't wanna have someone on my team that I have to babysit for those things. When you're a team, everyone's good at something else, but whatever it is that they're good at, you wanna be able to depend on them for the just that, you know. Otherwise, you know, you might as well do it yourself. Of course, uh, skill level skill set. Professionalism, You know, mm-hmm. all of those different things matter. Um, and, you know, it has nothing to do with doing hair or doing makeup, but chemistry.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and we, we've all been in departments where the chemistry was just off. I like the whole department to have chemistry, if yeah. possible you know, because it's always easier to work in an environment that just has some type of energy and chemistry and everyone can kind of feel each other out and be on the same page, you know?
0: Absolutely. I think that goes with a little trial and error, as you say, sometimes it doesn't quite work out. You're like, no, okay. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes (laughs) you learn
2: some things, right? (laughs) It's like the person you've been dating for six months and then you move in together. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're a different person. You're not who I thought you were.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. When you mentioned professionalism, I was going to ask you, what what are some professional ethics that you feel quite strongly about?
2: One thing is that a lot of people don't have, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't have,
0: mm.
2: is communication. Mm. You know, there's a way to communicate You know, and there's different climates that different communication is used. So when I say professional, you know, there's a way to uh, communicate and get your point across or ask questions that you would do in a professional setting opposed to at home with your spouse. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's important. And I see it. I see it a lot. You know, I see it a lot and it doesn't get you anywhere. You know? mm.
0: Is that something you feel that you picked up
2: while you're working in the salon? Um, I would imagine that a lot of that came from the salon because I spent a lot of time in the salon. Mm-hmm. Um, I also would say it came from my upbringing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mother is yeah. a sticklet for, you know what I'm saying, being proper and being professional and uh, presenting yourself in a certain way.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah
2: and so i mean it all speaks volumes to you know People judge you on just those things sometimes, you know. So your character and how you handle a situation, you know, professionally, it will distinguish you from others.
0: Yeah, especially in our line of work with just well, you're just working in such close quarters. You're working for so long each day together right. with so mm-hmm. many people. I mean, you really have to.
2: Yeah. And the way our business works, I mean, you know. Just being professional, showing up on time, doing what you're supposed to do, like, you know, (laughs) I've dealt with so many different levels of people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think just being reliable, right? I mean, you want to be that person that everyone can rely on.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You're in that position because obviously they felt like they can rely on you and trust in you. You know what I'm saying? So you have mm. to you have to bring that.
0: Yeah, you don't want to let them down. Hey, mm. now the amount of time it took you to get into the union, what, what are you doing with the union? Are you on the board or?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a member, but I'm also uh, serving on the executive board and I'm also a part of our uh, safety task force. So we kind of write the protocols uh, for certain areas of our safety at work. That's very cool. Mm -hmm.
0: So (laughs) now you've gone from not being in the union for years to right in there and getting into it. That's
2: awesome. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) You're like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to get in
2: there and do it properly. (laughs) Right. But also, you know like I said, I'm a observer, you know, Mm -hmm. with my work and I like to see how things are done. And so if I'm a, I'm a part of such a, a big body, I want to know how does it work? What's the inner workings of it? What's the process what's you know? And so I joined the executive board because I wanted to be instrumental as well as learn what, what really happens? How does this really work? How does how do things get done? How do you know what I mean? So I became a part of it. And of course, I'm learning a lot. And I'm able to also have a voice. You know, yeah. I, I look at a lot of people, and they have a mouth full of complaining, you know, <laughs> oh, well, this didn't happen. And that didn't happen. And why this? And why that? Yeah. But they're not trying to become part of the solution. You know, yeah. you can't, complain about something if you're not trying to resolve it, you know? Yeah, absolutely
0: mm-hmm. true. You seem to have such an inquisitive mind that I think it, it has done well for you.
2: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just you know what I mean? Just as you yeah. say, you just want to know how that's done. You want to get in there and do that. And that's an inquisitive mind. I am I'm curious what you were like as a child. <laughs> you must have been all up in there, like, oh, what's that? What's that doing? Yeah. What's that? Very busy. <laughs> <laughs> so Very tell me, Stacy, how many pets do you have currently? Kids. Have you no pets? You wanted to be a vet. I want oh, to know if you yeah. have any animals in the house. Right.
2: <laughs> right now, right now I have two. Well, they are my kids, right? I have uh, two, <laughs> and and it's funny because they're like night and day. I have a, a beautiful uh, pit bull, mm. you know, seventy five pound, gentle as a lamb pit bull, oh. and then a mean mean vicious five pound miniature fox terrier (laughs) why is it always the way it's like the little one is just
0: always the asshole
2: (laughs) yeah that's how it is it's funny a little little dog complex
0: (laughs) oh i'm so glad that you still have a love for animals that's awesome yeah yeah
2: absolutely (laughs) growing up my house was like a zoo (laughs) oh that's fine. and i used to groom i used to groom dogs oh you did I was yeah. gonna
0: ask that actually. I was just like, I wonder if she got into
2: some dog grooming. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I did groom uh, dog grooming for uh, at least six, seven years. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you could? Do you think that helped with your
0: human hairdressing at all?
2: Oh, absolutely, because it gives you experience with every type. You know, I think I feel like I've had experience with every type of hair texture imaginable. Yeah. And then you throw a dog in there too, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And And so many different shapes and yeah. Yeah. Different haircuts and blendings and textures and, you know. They Don't sit still. I was going to say the moving, the moving. Yeah. I always
0: um, I always feel like working in the salon and having had a lot of kids coming through at times really helped with them. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just adult actors who can't sit still. Yeah. <laughs> or you're on trying your to phone. chase them to kind yeah. of, you know, mm-hmm. do something on set. It's like, I just need to, uh, uh, I just need to do that one little bit. But um, mm-hmm. all ducking and weaving and moving. Was, and Right. The, the kids
2: were the prelude to that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, mm-hmm. now, I want to know, is there one tool or product that you would not like to work without? I understand that there's probably a few, but I just want you mm-hmm. to choose one.
2: Um, I mean, I would say for me, since my specialty mm-hmm. is barbering, I would not want to work without my clipper. Yeah. And my preference is a, uh, and it's master. Okay. You know, so... I mean, I feel completely unarmed without that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. what am I doing? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very cool. And um so, what was the first time? Like, what was the first job that you did where you were working with wigs? And at that point, had you had experience with wigs, or was it something you were just thrown into?
2: Right. So yeah, I was thrown into it. So yeah. Dream Girls, right? You've seen that. Yeah. Eddie decides to do that movie, and of course, I'm working with him. I'm going with him, and I do my research, and I'm like. This is a wig. I'm not gonna have a job. Never worked with a wig ever in my life. And he asked me and I'm like, yeah, 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 I got it. (laughs) And I immediately in my one month of prep Mm
0: -hmm. went
2: and learned how to do wigs. Sat with people who, you know, were pretty prominent in the industry that do wigs. I hey, can I just come sit in and watch? You know, yeah, sure. And I did that for like a month. And, oh, and wow. put it in my hands, handled it, you know, learned how to block. And I mean, literally never dealt with a wig ever in my life. And mm-hmm. the result was Dream Girls. And I was happy. And I was happy that I took it on because his next movie was a wig, Norbit.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yep. yeah, yeah. That's so. very
0: cool. So it's so nice that also all those people that you went to are willing to help you out. They love that.
2: Yeah, I feel like... You got to share the knowledge, you know, a closed, a closed hand doesn't, get fed. If you hold on to something so tight, nothing can get in. And mm. I I'm been pretty blessed to surround myself with people who are open and willing to share and pass on information. And I'm the I'm the same way, you know, and I I don't know, some people that don't, I feel like maybe they feel threatened in some kind of way, but I'm never gonna be them and they're never gonna be me. Yeah. You know, Picasso could give us all his paint brushes and canvases in the world and we'll never do that. You know, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, yeah. so head uh, of department on that was it was Camille Friend, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so you had also throughout shooting had someone who was familiar with wigs who could kind of, if you needed help or had a question, you had someone some backup there. So that's always helpful too, right?
2: Yeah, I went to I went to Camille Friend's. I went to Irma uh, Kent. She mm-hmm. helped me. She's, she's you know, she's like from, she's a OG. She's original from back in the day. I went to her. She helped me a lot, you know, and just for security purposes, you know, I had Irma side by side with me, but I ended up, I didn't even... I didn't even need it. I think it was more so like for me to be comfortable just in case. And so we ended up just working a system where to save time for Eddie, we would put on the wig together, boom, 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 knock it out, get it done. You know, I'd watch it on set for the most part of the day and either Mm -hmm. she would do the latter part of the day or vice versa. And at the end of the night, he wants to get out of that thing. We'd remove it, boom. Boom would take off, I'd stay, I'd clean it, restyle yeah. it, block it, whatever I had to do. So we had a, a cool system. And after that, I was out of here. I was like a rocket ship. <laughs> yeah. I think that's
0: amazing. Like I love that you took that job and went and, you know, learned all that you needed to learn. But also I imagine just doing that day after day while you were shooting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Would have
0: just – stuck in your brain on how how to do it You're putting it into practice
2: right there we go repetition <laughs> repetition and then
0: just being able to um, troubleshoot and stuff throughout the day you know like oh he's, he's getting a bit sweaty it's getting hot all this is pinging up i need to need to re-glue that just all those yeah. little things of, mm-hmm. of as you go yep. yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
0: so have you had wigs made for stuff who do
2: you go to to have your wigs made <laughs> Uh, for the most part, I use uh, Justin Stafford. Do you know him? I don't, but I have his name. Yeah, I use Justin. He he does a lot of people. He's done a, most of uh, Will stuff for uh, Pierce Austin, who, who works most of the time with Will now on his projects. I do like the stuff, you know, in town or... Mm -hmm. Not project based, you know, Um, but Justin. Yeah, he he did all the stuff for Dolomite. He did a, a a lot of stuff for me for coming to America. Yeah, I love Justin. He's great. He used to work for Rick Baker long, 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 long time ago, but he's amazing.
0: Yeah. I guess that's also a learning curve, right, is actually figuring out how to get a wig made and asking for what, like, that communication of –
2: Yeah, and then again, the same things come into play, communication – having chemistry with the person and he's just so I'm mellow and cool and laid back and he's the same way. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you just have a connection with people and they know it's, it's hard when you have a vision in your head for, to translate that to someone. And it's like, Justin amazingly knows where I'm going with stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he lets you be a part of of the whole process you know from mm-hmm. beginning to end we do it in steps you know and we save certain parts for the end so that we can work on that specifically you know like whether it's the hairlines or changing the texture or the colors you know so justin's cool i like him a lot and he, he does a lot of stuff you check him out look him up yeah, that's very cool. I love how like when you were
0: um, 12 years old, you probably didn't ever think you were going to a wig maker one day to get wigs made, right?
2: <laughs> Never. <laughs> what you can imagine, I was always in a wig at 12. My mother was a model in New York, oh, yes? like I told wow. you. yeah Yeah. i grew up in this world so i'm kind of a product of my environment i had an interest in hair and i kind of mixed the two you know the entertainment side of it with my father the fashion you know styling side of it with my mother and i grew up you know at the salon with my mother and at photo shoots and things like that and i kind of you know turned it into one (laughs) that's so cool um thanks
0: for chatting today stacy it's been
2: amazing Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I wish you a lot of success on this podcast.
0: For links to see more of Stacey's work, go to our Instagram at the last looks podcast, or visit our episode notes page on our website, www.thelastlookspodcast.com the last looks podcast would like to thank brett stanley and sabrina castro the song fun time by dj quads thanks for listening until next time
1: that's a wrap people